marketing and sales, if you're not a natural, and most of us are not, it can be boiled down to a series of ways of thinking, principles, and application. And there are so many ways to succeed. It's just the opposite of what most people think. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Our guest today in studio is Dove Gar- Gordon, and um, he shared a lot of valuable information. And I'm just going to give you just a snippet and insight on a couple of things he's going to cover in terms of messaging to see if uh, you know we're going in the right direction attracting clients. He said that basically people, there's two issues that people are dealing with. They have a problem that they don't want, and they're looking for a result that they want and they don't have. So uh, Dove has been in business for a number of years and he helps coaches and consultants get ideal clients consistently. So we know that there's millions and millions of consultants and coaches like myself and like probably many of you that are really good at what you do. But, you know, you don't have um, a personality style to be somebody else that's uh, a charismatic guru type. Um, And many people don't want that style, but they love what they do. And all they're really looking for is a consistent flow of good clients who value their expertise and who value the people uh, that they're working with as well. And they want to get paid well. So uh, Dove and his small team take a tactical or tactic agnostic approach, uh, which uh, if you've heard me before, I totally support. And uh, they help you build a strong strategic foundation and teach you how to apply that to build a simple client getting a system that is best for you. So without further ado, I want to invite Dove on my podcast and get us started and let him share with you how you too can look at developing a system to consistently bring you clients that you like working with that will pay you well. So Dove, welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey Dove, I am super excited to have you on the show today. I mean, you came uh, recommended uh, on the arm of a trusted friend, so I'm glad that uh, Cindy introduced us. So welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. Thanks for having me, Doug. Excited to be here. I've been following your stuff, so it's good to get to talk. It is. And it's great to talk to somebody that's not geographically next door, that's living in a different part of the world and a different culture and experiencing, well, I mean, that's where you live, so you enjoy it. And when we visit, we enjoy uh, the hospitality of Israel. Next time you're coming, let me know. So let's dive into uh, what you do to help your clients be more successful in their business. Do so you want to share with our listeners, you know, just a bit of background on, on, on what you do and how you help people move their sales dial? Yeah, my story is uh, the story of someone who knows he had, you know, I, I knew I had a lot to offer. You know, I, I, I was smart, capable, talented, interested in business from uh, age 13 when I discovered the business and, and marketing and self-development sections of the library block away in, in Brooklyn, New York, where I grew up. And but marketing and sales didn't come naturally. So when I started my own coaching consulting business at the ripe old age of 22, after never, never having had a real job, by the way, but I, I just <laughs> I knew that I had what to offer. I just didn't have a clue how to actually get other people to see that. 
Yeah. So then, like the first seven eight years was a real uphill battle. I remember one of my first clients was um, kind of way ahead of me in many ways, but that's fine. Uh, he still got a lot out of it and came back to me many years later. I remember asking him. I said, like, how many? I had such a naive question. Like, how many employees would a million dollar business have? And his answer, of course, was, well, it really depends on the kind of business. And I'm, you know, now it's almost embarrassing, but that's where I was. But I knew I had skills. I just didn't. Or I had talent, I should say. Yeah. You know, I had talent. I didn't know how to market it, how to get clients. I didn't know how to turn that into a, a consistent, you know, flow of, of clients and and a, you know projects and good income. Well, and that's that's obviously you know um, an issue for a lot of people. There's lots of really smart people out there that have a business that are very good at their craft and and what they do. Um, they just for you know a variety of reasons don't have a steady flow of clients that are fun to work with and that pay them well. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm the kind of guy who seems uh, gifted at suffering f- through things, like really suffering through things. It got down to my last thousand dollars with a wife and two, I think three kids at the time. Did not know what I was gonna do, like like you know, like crying and totally stressed out type suffering. And then kind of figuring it out, you know, like uh, figuring it out and and then learning turning how to to teaching others how to avoid a lot of that. Uh, everybody has to go through their thing, that's for sure. I mean, I'm, there's no fantasy land out there, but I found that I've come to understand some of the most basics of marketing and sales that everybody talks about, but we can explain it in a way that clicks. The light bulb goes on for many people. And and that's what I've been doing. That's what we do now. I have a little coaching company. We call ourselves the Alchemist Entrepreneur, precisely because we get below the surface to, uh, you know, not skidding across the surface. Yeah. Did you read The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, by the way? No, I haven't. No. It's a, it's a good book, you know, really nice story. I think he's got tens of millions of copies sold. But before reading that, I kind of imagined the, the alchemists of old as these uh, grungy old greedy men hunched over a frying pan on a campfire trying to get lead to turn into gold by mixing it with this and that. And <laughs> yeah. I, I read the book and probably many people listening to this have as well. And I came away with something that I, I'm not sure anybody else did, but this is what it meant to me. I came away realizing that it prompted the question, like, what were they thinking? Did they really think they could turn lead into gold? I mean, what were they thinking? And, and I don't know the answer to that, but I suppose what they figured is if we can get to the underlying structure of the lead, then we can probably leverage it and turn it into something more powerful, more valuable gold. And even with today's technology, we can see the underlying structure in a way they couldn't imagine, but we still can't turn lead into gold. But as business owners, we can because we have a choice. We could skid across the surface of our lives and our businesses. We could skid across the surface in our understanding, or we can kind of strike at the root where the masses are hacking at the leaves. We can build on the underlying structure of a situation. And I'm happy to give a very relevant, practical example, if you'd like. Yeah, no, that'd be great. That's what I was thinking. So, so what does this mean for you know yeah. for us and our and for our listeners? Absolutely. So, we're largely dealing with people who have some kind of professional service firm, a small consulting firm, or coaching, or 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 solo consultants, and they wake up in the morning and and everybody's saying, "Here's how you get clients. You got to be doing Facebook ads. You got to be doing um, LinkedIn posting and Twitter." Yeah. And and remember, just a few years ago, it was blogging and. There's, there's, there's a, a thousand tactics and for every tactic, there's a line around the block of experts telling you, you've got to be doing this, got to be doing that, got to be doing that, or you're doomed, got to be, it's time to rebrand, got to write a book. All these are just tactics. And, and we, we, 
we try to follow their advice, but we get, we get overwhelmed and, and lost in many, many cases. And that's what you were talking about at the beginning. There are many people who master their craft. It's a struggle, though, to turn that into a consistent flow of clients. Why? Because they say, well, you need a marketing funnel. <laughs> yeah. What's a marketing funnel? Well, okay. What, what, do you, what would most people answer to that question, Doug? Like, what do you think most people would answer? What's a marketing funnel? Or, or what's the purpose of a marketing funnel? I think people in business that have been online for a while would think of things like click funnels, like Unbound. So they would think of um, software or tools, um, but really not have a, a full deep understanding of what a funnel is, how to set it up and how to make it work. And certainly not the thinking behind it, right? So no. here, here's, here's the answer I usually get. I get things like, well, the, the purpose of your marketing funnel, <laughs> yeah. it's to fill your pipeline. Yeah. It's to get leads. It's to close deals. Like you have to have that funnel. So things, and the problem with that is that it's just, it's oversimplified. Yeah. Because I don't, and the proof is I don't know what to do next. And therefore I end up in mired in complexity. I think of it, you know, Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. has this brilliant quote. He says, I wouldn't give a fig for simplicity on this side of complexity. But I give my right hand for simplicity on the far side of complexity. That's what he said. And I kind of visualize it as a continuum. You start off in business as a – it's oversimplified. You figure, I'm good at this. I'll get clients. can't be that hard. You very quickly get stuck in the complexity of it, and most people never make it past. But if you persist and you get some guidance, we all need some hand-holding and some, some like coaching and, and mentoring because information is not enough. We have to come to a deeper understanding of information, the things we know. We can talk about that. Um, and then we eventually get to simplicity on the far side of complexity. And, it, and it's the same thing with a marketing funnel. So eventually, like I asked myself, I, I realized like every tactic could work and every tactic could fail. Instagram could work and LinkedIn could work and Instagram could fail and LinkedIn could fail. Yeah. So rather than what do I need to do, I thought I realized a better question is when it works, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? And I came up with this realization that in order for someone to go from total stranger to happy, happily paying you really well for your help, your services, your product, they, you need to help them answer yes to only three questions. And those three questions are this, right? Question number one, when they come across you, however they come across you, whatever tactic, whatever method, they come across your video, whatever, it doesn't matter. The first question is, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Yeah. Right? Yep. That's the first question. So if you're... If you've crafted your message correctly, if you've presented yourself correctly, then their brain goes instantly, whoa, hmm, that is interesting. I, I should pay attention. That's interesting. And then instantly they have a second question. The second question is, you got me interested, but can I trust you? Yeah. Are you for real? Who are you? Yeah, absolutely. And then the job of your marketing funnel at that point is to lead them to conclude, yes, I can trust you. And then instantly they have a third question, which is, is what you recommend right for me? And if you lead them to conclude what you recommend is right for me, congratulations, you have a new client. So that's the purpose of the marketing funnel, this market, the selling uh, funnel. It's it, all you need to do is put one thing in place for each of those questions. You got to have the minimum in place to lead your ideal clients to conclude, yes, that is interesting. The minimum place, yes, I can trust you. The minimum place, yes, that is what you recommend is right for me. You don't need to be doing everything. When, you know, when LinkedIn works, it's because you're doing that. And when it doesn't work, it's because you're not. And the same for any other tactic. So when I think about getting to the underlying structure of a situation and leveraging it, it's recognizing what you're really trying to accomplish. And that is your, everything you're doing to get clients has to be to help your ideal client answer yes to one or more of those questions. And now instead of just being overwhelmed with ideas, you realize, okay, what is one thing I can do for each of these? And that's really, that's what I'm all about. 
I like the way that you approach that. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording about tools and tactics. And so your example, I think of the sales funnel is, is just kind of the tip of the iceberg, because once you build the funnel, what's the next question is, where am I going to get the traffic? So then you go into another 500 courses and experts on how, how to get traffic. But I just wanted to just comment on the, you know, um, is what you're recommending for me. And I, I relate this back to um, health and wellness. There's a million experts telling you how to get fit stay healthy, live long. But I think what it comes down to is finding what works for you because what works for you and your personality and your style and your likes and dislikes is different than what works for me. So I'm I'm not Gary Vaynerchuk. I'll never be Gary Vaynerchuk. So what works for him works for him. But it, like you said, it may not work for me because I might not might be covered that style. I might not want to be on Facebook. I might find that Twitter or Instagram or Pinterest or blogging or speaking or like we're doing today, podcasting works better for me. So it's about, I think, finding what kind of fits you. And there's another question, which another point, which is that your goals are probably not even the same as his goals. And that's another big point that people miss. Well, I like your first point as well. I mean, should I pay attention? So today, you know, we turn on our computers and we fire up our phones when we wake up in the morning and they're just flooded with information. So do you walk people through? So as part of your consulting and, and, and helping people to, you know, get a steady flow of customers, walking them through this process of, of answering these three questions? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's 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 simple, but like any you know, like anything, there's a nuance to it. Like any anything that, and anything that requires some skill, there's nuance. So, for example, one of the first things that you really need to figure out is okay, how do we get someone's attention? Right, attention and interest are not exactly the same thing. Right, a lot of things will get your attention. Yeah, a loud noise, a funny joke, a tragic story in the news. But then you go back to what you're doing. When something gets you interested, you change your plans. So let's say you and I are at some conference or walking past the exhibitors. You know, a lot of things might get our attention, but then suddenly we see a banner and we say, hey, let's go have a look at that. That gets our interest. We turn to the right. We veer off our path, changes, right? Because that got us interested. We change our plans. So that's what we need to do, whatever tactic we're using. Yeah, I remember hearing Dan Kennedy say that he's a direct mail copywriter and he said that, you know, your copy needs to interrupt somebody. So when they open their mail and they're, they've got home from work and it's late and it's snowing, it needs to be so compelling that they'll, they'll put on their boots and leave the house and shut off the TV. Yep. So that's the difference between getting your attention and, and being interested that you're willing to, like you said, change direction. Right. Now, the good news is that I, I realized that there are only two things that anybody's interested in. You know, and and this is a, a light bulb moment for tens of thousands of people that have heard this because you think, well, how how do I get someone's interest? And and when you simplify it like this, it makes it a lot easier. And that is that you recognize that people are only interested in two things. You got to talk about a problem they have and don't want, and or you got to talk about a result they want and don't have. And that's it. If you talk about anything else, they're not interested. And you have to talk about it at the level that they're thinking it. So you've, you, you quoted Dan Kennedy. There's another direct marketing, you know, a bit of lore that from, I forget which, I forget the guy's name from a, a book that I've never read, but heard quoted so many times, right? Good advertising, he said, is entering the conversation going on in the mind of the ideal client. You know, you, you heard that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know who the book is either, but I've heard that before. Yes. Yeah. So, so I was, I was reflecting on that one day. I'm thinking, well, okay, what is the conversation going on in everybody's mind? I realize that all we're ever thinking about is a problem that we have and don't want and or a result we want and don't have, a change we want and don't have, an experience we want and don't have. And I realized like if I could articulate what you're thinking as clearly or even more clearly than you're thinking it, if I could speak that out loud, I'm going to instantly get your attention and interest and interest. And 
that's the first thing that we're helping our clients with, right? Because, you know, for example, let, let, let's let, imagine you're a, a consultant, a leadership consultant. I've had clients, this is some real examples from clients, right? And, you know, a leadership consultant, you, my client will call her Lisa and, and some competitor. They're both at some event and they're both introduced to their ideal client, you know, head of a billion dollar company. They definitely, they can always use leadership consulting in a company of that size, right? And they were just introduced to the CEO who turns to them and says, so what, what do you do? And the other consultant says, hey, I'm a leadership consultant. And big CEO nods and thinks, yep, we cycle through those uh, with various levels of success and turns to my client and says, what do you do? And a few weeks before she was say, I was leadership, I'm a leadership consultant. And now she says, I help companies solve the problems they have with that employee who's too valuable to fire. Wow. And you can not only hear the difference, you can feel the difference. Sure. Yeah. Suddenly, and that's what we do. That's that's a big part of what we do. We're really good at messaging, really good. And but why does that work? Let's understand it. Let's not, let's not, let's not just kind of you know pat me on the back, which I appreciate. But let's let's understand it. it's because I've spoken aloud a problem that he has and doesn't want, a result he wants and doesn't have, and I've articulated more clearly than he could, certainly more clearly than any of my competitors do. And he suddenly realizes it. And he suddenly, without me saying anything else, he suddenly realizes you get it. You understand me. Nobody understands me. We all feel like none of us feel understood enough. But the human brain is wired in such a way that if I feel you understand me, what's my natural next question? I'm going to ask, wow, you get it. Yeah. What do you think I should do? <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that's what that's what's accomplished through this. So we're all worried about how do I stand out? How do I differentiate myself? Yeah. This is how you do it. And the, the first question, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? You, you can create that reaction by, by, by really focusing on a problem they have to want and or a result they want to have. I can give another couple of examples if you like. Or I would just tell me where you want to go. Sure. Well, I mean, I was just, just want to stop there just for a sec because I'm just thinking, you know, people talk about, you know, create your USP, what makes you unique. And, and in that, in your example, uh, if you were in a room and they had an audience full of people with a credit card ready to buy and, and 10 management consultants up there, you know, they would say, hey, well, I do the same, you know, I provide good service, I do this, I do that. And they have all these things that mean nothing. But what the way that your client described it, like you said, hit home and right to the heart of the matter. So you take, uh, you know, what you do and frame it in a way that your client, your client sets you aside different than the other 10 people on the stage. Absolutely. And, and you bring up USP, which I understand the intention of it, but I have a problem with USP. And, and, and I think, you know, people teach USP as follows. Uh, maybe you've heard this as well. Look, if, if you can swap out your competitor's logo, you know, above the USP for yours and still sounds the same then or looks the same and people don't see a difference, then you don't have a good enough unique selling proposition. And I, I feel like so many people get stuck on that. But if we look at, go, let's go back to the three questions that I brought up. And, then, and I think this will really drive it home. I'm so glad you brought that up because I haven't talked about this in a long time. Right? The only three questions in the mind of the ideal client is, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? Okay. Yeah. You, then you got me interested. Should I trust? Can I trust you? And is what you recommend right for me? So what's the purpose of the USP? The USP is, is going to help them answer yes to the first question. It also might help them answer yes to the third question. Right? Right. Right? Yep. So we have to, we instantly recognize that my goal is not to have a USP. My goal is to help them answer yes, yes, yes. And when I realize that, I can stop getting so stuck on the USP thing, so stop worrying if, if my competitor sounds very much like I do, and instead focus on the client. And if I can get into their mind and articulate their problem, the problem they have and don't want, the result they want and don't have, which is my own phrasing of this, I 
kind of came up with that. I'm saying that because others have been copying me without credit. So I just, you know, I'm not copying them. I have a guy, you know, who uh, there's a guy on YouTube who's got some video, lots of views. He literally stole stuff from my webinar, a webinar I do, literally, including my examples, including some of these examples that I, that I use all the time. And this guy, I'm not going to, you know, I'm tempted to say who he is, but no, let's, let's not go um, there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. So, Yeah. So why don't you why don't you share a couple a couple other examples? Like I, I understand the USP as well, and I, I you know I just think that the way that you describe that is a way to be different because you know it doesn't matter what event you go to, you'll hear that same conversation. People will stand up and say you know they, their thirty minute elevator pitch and hi I'm an accountant, hi I'm a banker, hi I'm a, and that's not very creative because it doesn't help solve a, a problem. And I know I fail at that. I mean, I look at the copy of my website, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I'm not really answering uh, or solving a problem for a client. I'm trying to sell a drill instead of trying to sell them the hole, which is what they really want. They don't want to buy a drill, they want a hole. Okay. So, so what were your other two examples that you had that where you helped somebody uh, walk through this, this, this process and, and, and help them to, you know, better identify and answer those three questions? Yeah. So, I mean, I've got so many examples, but uh, there's a few that I've memorized so that I can uh, share them uh, without having time to think about it. So another, another one that, that, that comes to mind is, is uh, life coaching. I mean, we've had, we had a, a life coach as a client and she was good. She was already, she wasn't like struggling for clients, but she wanted to do better. And you know, so instead of talking about life coaching, whatever it was that she was doing, we helped her go from I'm a life coach or, or I help whatever. Uh, now she says what, what she does is I help women who wake up in the morning wondering if I'm so successful, why am I so unhappy? I wake up in the morning. I help women who wake up in the morning wondering if I'm so or if I'm so successful, why am I so unhappy? Now, you can feel the difference there as well. Like you instantly know who her ideal client is. They can instantly recognize you're talking to me or not. Right. Yeah. And again, you feel like, wow. Yeah, wow, you get me. You get me. <laughs> Who are you? Can I trust you? What are you all about? Well, you, you you say that, and I right away think of Hollywood, and I think of the people that you know have not you know that have committed suicide or left this world because you know from the outside world they had all their success, but they weren't happy. There was a, there was a deeper issue. So it's like, wow, that's a powerful that's a powerful way to present that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what she does. You know, that's, that's what she helps. But it's, it's um, another life, uh, life coach example that popped into my mind. You know, because life, coaching are, life coaches struggle because they, they have their hearts in the right place, but they're often not, not treating what they do as a business and, and they don't really understand why marketing and sales. So we've worked with some over the years. Mostly we're dealing with consultants of some kind, you know, professional service firms, consultants. But, you know, so, but, but it's a good example and, and I, it's stuck in my mind. So I, I said, make a list of the things you can help problems you can help solve, the results you can enable, make a list. And and she made a list and I looked at the list. I said, there, that's, you can build a business on that. And I don't remember precisely what she'd written, but what I, what I came up with for her or with her was, you know, I, I, I help parents know exactly what to do when their teen drops a bombshell. It was something like that. Like, I help, I'll help you know exactly what to do when your teen drops a bombshell. And it's, it's like now suddenly, I think it was a little better than that, but that was the gist of it, right? Yeah. And, and, so again, it's suddenly it, the idea is meeting. It's all rooted in the problem they have and they want, result they want, don't have. Being clear as to who's the ideal client, what's the problem they have, and be able to speak that aloud in a way that is at least as clear and usually clearer than they are thinking it themselves. So you know, uh, another client of ours, you know, is a psycho psychologist, you know, and we helped him narrow his message down. And now he talks about how he helps confused, hurt, angry couples make a wise decision about their future together. 
And that's, that's who he wants to work with. He wants to work with couples who have been married probably 20 years, doing well financially. And they're not necessarily in a rush to get divorced, but they can't seem to figure it out together. Yeah, so that's really cool. I help confused, hurt, and angry couples make a wise decision about their future together. And I can go on and on, but we should probably stop. So <laughs> it's going to get, you know, it's always your, your call up to you. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I asked you at the beginning, I said, just share what you're really passionate about and, and don't be shy. And, and that's what, you know, that's the goal here is because we need to sometimes sit back and, and reevaluate what we're doing. And, and that's why the, our, this podcast exists is to bring in experts to that will shed light on, on new opportunities. And, you know, what you're talking about is something obviously it's achievable for people, but it also is simple enough. I think you can get your mind around why it would be important to do this and not just be you know another fill in the blank yeah absolutely so what are some of the 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 myths and what's some of the pushback you you get from people uh when you talk to them about this strategy or do you get any pushback from people well sure i mean you asked that this is what we do and this is the kind of thing where you can understand it on one level but it's hard to implement and part of and that's why people often need help with this first of all there is a there is a skill that you know i and my team we've been honing this for many many years but then there's also our own, like we get in our own way and people think, well, but if I just talk, say I help them with, you know, that employee who's too valuable to fire, they're not going to realize I can help them with team building or whatever else. Right. And, and we have this resistance. We're afraid that if I'm too narrow, I'm too focused, then they're going to think that I can't, that I'm going to miss out on opportunities. Yeah. So that's the kind of pushback that I often get. And, but the truth is, again, let's go back to the, the, the three questions, which is I like these three questions because they are the foundation of everything. Look, people <laughs> yeah. won't even notice you. If yeah. you want to get their attention and interest, you've got to speak a lot about the only two things that, they get, that, that they're interested in. That is a problem they have and they want, a result they want and have. And then you have to speak about it at the level that they're thinking it, right? Enter the conversation going on in the mind. And that conversation is like, you know, I can't get this person. Like they're doing good work, but like I just, something's going to have to give here because I don't want to fire them, but you know, we've got all these, this other issues going on. We have to enter the conversation yeah. uh, at that level. If we're too high, they're not going to hear us. I'll give one more quick example that I think really make, drives it home. I had uh, someone join a webinar a number of years ago, and his website said that we help uh, executives and and uh, we help executives. Uh, we sell dashboards and reports that help executives deliver better results. That's what it said, right? We help we we sell dashboards and reports that help executives deliver better results. And and the question I asked is, well, what's the problem you help solve? What's the result that you enable? And it could be a hundred different things. So you got to go backwards and say, well, who's your ideal client? And you get a picture of your ideal client. Let's say, let's say, for example, for argument's sake, it's his ideal client is Joe CEO, head of a half a million, half a billion dollar year uh, company, and Joe just installed a multi million dollar information system. And he wakes up in the morning and he's really annoyed. Why can't I get the data that I need from this new multi million dollar system so that I can make these important pricing decisions? Now, two scenarios. Scenario number one: Joe walks out the front door, and and in both scenarios, you have a billboard right opposite Joe's front door. In both scenarios, you got that. You you got a billboard right there. Now, in the first scenario, your billboard, it says, we sell dashboards and reports that help executives get better business results. And you can help Joe. He doesn't know it, but he walks out the door. He walks to his car. He won't even notice your billboard. He will not even notice it. It won't even register. Okay. Yeah. Same billboard, but this time, your billboard says, we help you get the data you need from that multi-million dollar information system so you can make difficult <laughs> pricing decisions. I mean, after he picks his jaw up, He's going to be on the phone with your company before his rear end hits the seat of his car. Sure. 
That's yeah. what we're talking about. So like you could talk high level about what you do and you're going to lose everybody. And that's why you're losing everybody. Well, the other thing that popped into my mind is you were sharing that and, and listening to the way that you help the, the people craft their message. I, w- I immediately went and thought of PR. So if you think of the opportunity for um, your clients or for our listeners to to attract the attention of the media, you know, the media, you know, have the same the same three questions to answer that, you know, every client does. And that's going to make you stand out as well. They don't want to interview an, another life coach. They don't want to interview another marketing consultant. They're looking for a, a hook that solves a problem as well. Absolutely. And for them, I, you know, a big problem is they want something original. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be reporting on the same thing everybody else does. I just read uh, Christopher uh, Lockhead's book, Niche Down, and uh, it was a really good read. And I've been listening to some of his podcasts and that's what he talks about. Niche down, niche down, niche down, you know, and I, I felt I find myself often, you know, not wanting to niche down because you might miss an opportunity like you said, but then you're, mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're missing all the opportunities instead of attract, yep. it, attracting the people that you can help the most and that are probably um, in your wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you most excited about today? So, you know, the world's changing at a, it seems like a million miles an hour. I, 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 you know, I go to my email and there's, there's 10 new problems. I didn't know there's uh, issues with Facebook. There's issues with Google. There's email works. Email doesn't work. Instagram's working. Pinterest isn't working. You know, there's a, a new tool out there. It seems like every day a new, new webinar. So what gets you excited about what you're doing? Well, what gets me excited is the things that don't change, you know, timeless principles, mastery, master your craft. And, you know, the people who, so many of the people who follow advice when it comes to marketing and selling their expertise, never would have followed the same advice at acquiring their expertise, right? So for example, you know, let's say someone is a leadership consultant or whatever, there's certain skills you need to build up over time. And you're going to follow some, certainly if, let's, let's use something really obvious. Okay. If you're a, pian- a pianist, a violinist, a, a surgeon, a lawyer, you approach this, even if you're going deep sea diving, right? Tennis, like you, you start with foundational principles, insights, and then you build, you, you layer skills and understanding upon each other over time together with experiential practice. So why is it that when it comes to creating a consistent flow of ideal clients, why is it when it comes to getting your message out there and so on, that we believe the lie that we're told that just follow the steps in my marketing blueprint and you too will have this Lamborghini next year (laughs) or whatever it is. We have to realize that we never buy this crap when it applies to anything else that's a nuanced set of skills. Why do we believe it here? That gets me going. And we have to stop believing it. We have to recognize that marketing and sales if you're not a natural and most of us are not it can be boiled down to a series of ways of thinking principles and application and there are so many ways to succeed it's just the opposite of what most people think most of us approach our businesses as if there's only one right way to succeed and i just need to figure out what that is so if someone would just tell me what the one right way is i'll be fine Right. Yep. But it's just the opposite. Well, and I like something else you said earlier, too, is that we we probably already have enough information, most of us and enough knowledge to go out there and and to to help a client. But instead, we're looking for more knowledge. We're taking more courses. We're buying more tools. We're reading more books. We're going to more events instead of doing what we should do, which is going out and serving a client. Yeah, we, we've got to master and more deeply understand things we already know rather than go off and look for more information. Now, the trick, of course, is, is that how do we know what information actually matters? Because there's always that critical 10% uh, 
of knowledge and know-how that gives you 90% of what you want. That makes it look brilliant 90% of the time. And I think for that, we need some kind of mentor, some kind of coach, someone who's mastered what we're trying to accomplish. Just like we would if we were a lawyer, if we were a doctor, a surgeon, a pianist, a violinist. It's no different with building a business. So how someone has to help us see what matters. Yeah, yeah. you're right. And it's, and it's funny because so often if you look at professional sports, they all have coaches, they have trainers, the elite guys have massage therapists and physiotherapists and they have dietitians. And then you compare that to somebody that's, that's building or built a, a seven figure business and wants to build an eight figure business. And often they're trying to put all this stuff together without that level of support coach and training that the, that the athlete has. And I'm not talking necessarily about their health. While although while their health is super important, they don't have that support. And I just, I don't understand that. Um, I don't know if you have any insight in, in why as humans, we don't, we don't do that for our business, but you know, you'll watch the, um, the, the top athletes to the world uh, invest in themselves. I, I think that, look, you know, I talk about the alchemist entrepreneur and I'll, I'm not going to, I don't know if we have time to go into this. We could, if you want, the, the way, way I see it is you know, the alchemist entrepreneur, that is a combination of, of the athlete plus the artist, plus the entrepreneur and the athlete, to use your example, uh, kind of envisions a standard of performance for themselves. And then works, you know, in a, in a disciplined systematic way to achieve that standard of performance. So, when it comes to many business owners, we, we're not, it's not as clear to us, I think. On, I think there's a number of factors. One is that it's, it's one thing to say take a thousand, you know, a thousand, you know, three-point shots, practice a thousand shots, right? It's kind of a lot easier for us to visualize that in a certain sense. But, but for us, it, what we should be doing itself often isn't so clear. That's one thing. And, and that just reinforces the point of why we need some some coaching and guidance that's for sure but then there's also there's there's there's, there's i think most people are operating out of a fear of what they're afraid will happen they're playing not to lose rather than playing to win focus on creating what you really want to build because if you were setting out to build a 30 million dollar widget factory you know and then you're like okay i really want to build this 30 million dollar widget factory you look in your bank and you've got like you know, you're in minus a thousand, yeah. right? You can say, oh, shoot, I don't have the money. I guess I'll go back to my job. Well, you're not serious. You're not really interested in building a widget factory. You know, think of somebody like Elon Musk, who has, a, I must have like a stomach of steel. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> but there's a guy who decided he wanted to build an electric car company and he wants to go to Mars yeah. and he wants to have reusable rockets. And he wakes up in the morning he didn't know how he was going to do it all. He didn't even think Tesla would succeed, he says. He just thought it was worth a shot. But like, you know, you, 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 pay, you get out of PayPal with $200 million and then you invest it all into Tesla and SpaceX. You get to the point where you can't afford your rent. You're like, I don't know about you, Doug, but I would have at least squirreled away $20 million, at least, where I'm not touching yeah. that. That's like, but that wasn't what he did. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I like him. That yeah, I, I like him. I, I agree with you. I like him yeah, too. I mean, it's funny that, that people will take shots at him all the time. And I'm thinking, you know, you're just an armchair, you know, you're just an armchair athlete. You're just sitting there watching the game on TV. He's, he's playing the game. His blood, sweat and tears are on the line. And I think of what he's done for America in bringing the, the space program home. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I mean, he's just brilliant and he goes out there and he just puts it all on the line and he just is passionate and without without the end in mind. And I shared that on my episode 100. I said, you know, I didn't know how to do a podcast before. I didn't know how to write a book. There's all these things I didn't know how to do, but that didn't stop me from 
putting them on my list and getting started. And then what I found was as I went along, a lot of those steps came came and there was people that would train me and coach me and help me. And there's a lot of things that I saw once I started that I couldn't see and I didn't see until I got started. So until I took that step. Right. I didn't know. And and thinking of your part of the world, I mean, I remember our pastor once saying, you can't just dip your toe in the river. If you're going to cross the Jordan, you got to get in. So, uh, you know, um, Elon Musk certainly has done that. And I think as business owners, sometimes we're so afraid of wanting to see every step along the way we don't get started. Absolutely. And, and, and that's and that I think is the answer is that we're not fully committed to what we really want. Whereas he is. I don't have the stomach to play the kind of game he plays at that level. I could never do that. But that's not the point. The point is I look at him and I say, okay, but where, where could I, where am I falling short in my clarity and commitment to what I say I want? And when you're fully committed to what you say you want, you're going to make sure you have the tools and the support that you need, just like he does. Yeah. Now, I also like your 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 quote or just a comment a minute ago that people are playing not to lose versus playing to win. Yeah. So do you have uh, something you want to share and just expand on that? I, I mean, first of all, I don't get credit for that one. I didn't make that one up. I, I'm not sure who did, but um, <laughs> but it's, it's a really good, it's a really good you know, playing not to lose is like, uh, I just want to make sure I have enough to pay the bills or I won't invest in getting this help or, or that system, whatever it is, because I, I might not get clients. You're making your decisions based on what you don't want rather than I have something important to accomplish here, to achieve. I'm not going to get everybody on board. I'm going to fail. It's going to hurt along the way. So I might as well get started and I'm playing to win and I'm going to take the risks with the calculated risk, not reckless but I'm going to take, and like you said, not just, you know, jump in. I'm going to jump in. And that means, that means acting as if you expected to win. Taking the next step, making your decisions, not based on where you are today or where you're afraid you'll end up, but where you want to be. And that's what I see as a difference. That's really cool. Um, I could talk to you for hours. I love, uh, I love your approach. I, I, I love your thinking. And uh, boy, I've got a page of notes here and uh, feeling a little bit guilty about uh, some of the directions that I've taken, thinking I got some stuff to change on my own, uh, my, my own marketing. And this is what I do every day. So this is, this is great information. So, well, that's another, another, another point. You know, I mean, and that, that, that's, you know, and, and I don't, I don't think you, you know, since you're out there every single day and doing, it, I don't think you're really beating yourself up too much, but that's something else that like we compare ourselves to other people. So some people listening to this, right? Don't take Doug so seriously on that point because he's he's just taking. He's, he, I don't think Doug that you're really beating yourself up, but some people do, and they should not. They should compare yourself to where you were yesterday, and then and just take that next small step. So yeah, and I you're right. I mean, I, I look at it as as improving, and and you know that's why I like what we do, even in our in our fitness routine. Is um you know I'm not looking at the guy beside me what he's lifting. I'm looking at what I, I I'm lifting today versus what I lifted last week or or two years ago, because, you know, I'm not 25 like he is. I'm, I'm me. I'm, you know, I'm 55, not 25. So why would I compare myself with, with somebody else? And I think, you know, taking that to business, people look at somebody else that's super successful and they don't know the, what it took to get there. They just go, well, Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm the, uh, fill in the blank. I'm not that guy. Well, that guy, you know, had a different start than you did. That guy has different skills than you do. And he's been doing it longer. So you're right. Look at, uh, look at where we are, our own scoreboard and, uh, push forward. So a couple questions and I'll let you go back to your day. And I, I just want to say again, uh, before I ask you the last two questions, I really appreciate your your uh, fresh approach to, uh, to marketing. I think you've left some really simple concepts, 
but I don't, I don't believe they're going to be simple for people to implement. I think it's going to take some thinking and some quiet time for people to get this and, and very likely some help to do that. So who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Casper Craven. I can introduce you if you want. Casper Craven, do you know him? I do not. Nope. So he's a, he wrote a book, uh, but but it's not really about the book. The book is, I mean, it's a story. But Casper decided a number of years ago, he and his wife and their two kids, they decided that they're tired of their ho-hum life. And they decided that five years from then, they were going to sail around the world with their kids. Take two years, sail around the world. They didn't have, they didn't have the money to buy a boat. They didn't, they didn't have anything. They didn't know, you know, they didn't have the medical training that was required for that type of trip. And they had two young kids. And by the time they ended up doing it, they had three young kids and yet they made it happen. And it was hard and it required constant, first of all, they're the, uh, the, I really admire the thought that they put into this, but that, that, that is a perfect example of someone deciding, couple deciding that, you know, look, we're just, you know, things are, we're not being what we could be. Life is not what it could be let's set, let's kind of let's step back what do we really want what would be an amazing experience for our kids for ourselves and and he just he has that story about how how he had to change as a person in order to become the person who really could make that happen and they did and and while he was in the middle of pacific i think it was he, he managed to sell his business and he had to really like he had to learn marketing he had a business. It was nothing special, but eventually he's able to sell it. Uh, and and I really, I, I really like his story. I, I've connected with him because of that and read his book. And I think he'd be a fascinating guest. That'd be really cool. I love big thinkers. And I think that's the, well, and not just big thinkers, like people who take action. I mean, lots of people have big dreams, but I tell people I don't have a bucket list. So you just do stuff. I have one thing in my bucket list and, um, and that's all. So yeah. where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you, um, the service that you offer and um, just uh, start a conversation? Uh, anyone could email me, dovegordon at dovegordon.net. That that's D-O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N.net. And there's no, no E in there. Dovegordon, D-O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N. But I want to give something valuable. So for, for five years, I sold this for $97 and I want to give it away for free. So this was not created to give away. But I, I, I give it away because this is, we call it my, uh, my manual. It's called How to Systematically and Consistently Attract First-Rate Clients. And there's zero fluff in it. I just got a note from someone yesterday saying, you know, thanking me because she discovered it a few months ago and she's been, she's reading it for the third time. I don't know if she'll ever spend a dime with me, but I get notes like that all the time. But there are some people who read that and they realize, huh, you know what? I want to, I want to get your help to actually build this because I'll get, I'll move through it a lot faster. So I decided to start giving it away. So it's a kind of win-win. So uh, you can get that at dovegordon.net forward slash Doug, D-O-U-G in your honor, D-O-V-G-O-R-D-O-N.net forward slash D-O-U-G, Doug. Well, that's awesome. That's really cool. I will uh, go download that uh, as soon as we're finished our podcast episode and, and get to work. Well, thank you. So any last parting thoughts you want to leave with our audience before, uh, before we let you go? Go after what you want. Don't settle for what you think you can have. And that's a, I, I find that to be a challenge every day. I'm not coming as somebody who finds that naturally easy, but I try to remind myself of that. And, 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 and if I could live in the next you know, five minutes, the next 30 minutes, the next 60 minutes, going after what I really want, not selling for what I think I can have, then that starts to add up into days and weeks and months. And before you know it, you know, you're actually living life instead of just being blown sideways through it. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I just finished reading a book uh, by an author by the name of Erwin McManus called The Last Arrow. And that's basically what he talked about was, you know, um, you know, you know, you leaving it all in the uh, on the field or you you're holding back. So there we go. There's another episode, listeners of Real Marketing Real Fast with Dove Garden Gordon. I really appreciate him taking time. Like I said, he was introduced to us by a fellow marketing uh, contact I've got. And I think there's a lot of valuable information here. I'm going to go download his information that he's sharing with us that he was selling. Now he's giving away to help us be uh, better marketers, attract an ongoing flow of good clients. So thanks again. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, look forward to your feedback when we publish this. We'll make sure we transcribe the notes so you, those of you who like to read it can read it and we'll make sure that uh, we'll have the links in there that were shared in this episode. So look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.